Hello and welcome to Weebspawn, where we talk about anything and everything related to anime and gaming. We are by no means experts, just huge fans. I'm your host, Bobby, and today I will be solo, and I will be talking about Risk of Rain 2. And as always, spoilers ahead. So, obviously... Before we get into it, one of the reasons why I'm solo without my co-host here today. Well, as you guys may have already seen, that we missed a week. And that's more due to working schedules and then some personal issues going on currently. And my co-host happens to be away for, I think it was... A week and a half maybe two weeks so instead of going two weeks without anything because obviously personal life comes first and everything i'm going to create a solo one so i hope you guys enjoy and i chose this game because it is a game i've played quite a bit of and my co-host actually hasn't so i figured if i do it this way it's kind of like two birds with one stone. I get to talk about a game I like, and he doesn't miss out on a discussion that he doesn't really know. So I hope you stick with me for this podcast, and I hope you enjoy it nonetheless. So, Risk of Rain 2 is published, or was a game made by Hopu, which released in early access on Windows on March 27th, 2019. At the time, they estimated that the full development process would probably take another year to actually finish the entire game. And during this, they signed with Gearbox Publishing to release the game on the Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. And it was also released in early access for those platforms on August 30th, 2019. It originally wanted to be full in quarter two of 2020, but was delayed in order to expand the scopes of its 1.0 update. So kind of like Minecraft, which we did an episode on that. You should go watch it. We also had Risk of Rain didn't really have a ending. It was an endless game. But now once they like completed it, there is an ending, but like Minecraft, it can still be endless, and you can go on until whenever you want to. The only issue you had to know is that if you were playing on PC or console, if you were playing during these during the early access you would know that the PC got the updates a lot quicker than console. So if you were ever watching videos and stuff, you'd see PC getting like the new heroes and new updates, the new items and all that stuff that always looked cool. I was a console player for the longest time. I still kind of primarily play on console, but I've been trying to transition to PC. But yeah, it, it kind of sucked during those first little bit of early access that the that you had to wait for console. But it was cool because the, the Hopu Twitter was actually very helpful in explaining on when it was. Usually it, it only lagged by like a month, I want to say. Month or maybe two from each update. Like PC would get it and then be like a month before we got it. Switch, I know, had like the longest period of time i think it was like pc console then switch but then like once they got it to like to the actual end they like updated almost everyone together i don't know how far it is now like with little updates and stuff like if there's a lot of big differences but it was about a month difference so i think i believe the pc was finished i think it was like sometime in september and then it was like October for the console so it was always kind of like a one month thing but wasn't too bad so with that they also sort of had a storyline so basically Risk and Rain 2 follows the crew of the UES safe travels as they tried to find UES contact light and any survivors along their path they have tried 
They have to try and survive the hostile wildlife and environment as difficulty increases over time. Navigating Petrishore? Sorry, you guys know I'm terrible with names. Five, via the teleporters strewn across the entire planet. The crew loop and the crew loop endlessly through many distinct environments, but end up upon the moon to defeat the final boss. And for those of you wondering, Risk of Rain 2 is actually the sequel to the classic roguelike Risk of Rain, produced and developed by or yeah, by Hopu Games and published by Gearbox Publishing. So it was, I believe, Risk of Rain came out in 2013. So it was a big chunk of time between Risk of Rain and Risk of Rain 2. And if you ever look at them, they almost look like completely different because the original Risk of Rain is a 2D roguelike platformer game. And then Risk of Rain 2 is completely all 3D now. So if you like even look at it, because I never played Risk of Rain. I only played Risk of Rain 2. So I didn't have anything knowledge of the original Risk of Rain. But apparently had a pretty good following like fan base. So that's awesome for you guys. And trust me, I know what it's like to wait so long. Because they pretty much waited like 7-8 years for this game to come out for a sequel. I'm a huge StarCraft fan. And from the times of Brood War to Starcraft 2 Wings of Liberty, I believe was 10 years. So I, so any of you original Risk of Rain fans out there, I know the struggle. But one thing that separates Risk of Rain 2 from like a lot of the other games is that a lot of it is random. Like RN Jesus will play a huge role in how successful you are in a game. So you have people who are called survivors. You can pick one and they all have their own like unique abilities and whatnot. So you have Acrid who's primarily melee based and is all about poison that does damage over time based on I believe it is health percentage. So it may not work good early game, but late game, it the damage will stack up because it's like, all right, well, if it's like, let's say 10% damage, I'm I'm pretty sure it's like 60% or something. I don't know. I don't know the exact numbers. I, I might be able to see. Let's see. Damage is 15 plus 3 per level. What about the poison... Poison ticks three times per second for 10 seconds. Deals 1% of the victim's maximum HP. That's what it is. Damages cap at 50 times accurate damage per second. Damage is affected by armor and it has non-lethal tag. Damage is a damage over time effect, so it cannot proc other effects. Also, one thing to know about accurate is his poison cannot actually kill people. They will leave them on 1 HP but the poison will never actually kill. So you need something other than that to proc or you have to go in and melee him to get that last one. But he also has a another passive. Well, his passive is the poison, but you can swap it to blight. Now, blight can kill, but it only it does a reduced amount deals Blight deals 20% of accurate damage stat per tick or 60% damage per second. So it's based on your total dam. I don't know. Wait, is it actual total damage or just accurate damage? It looks like it's just accurate damage. And each stack of blight increases the damage of each tick rather than adding more stacks. So this can kill, but theoretically, I believe it does like less damage because... Poison will deal 1% of the ma- victim's maximum health, which when you get to the later rounds when everyone has so much health that it's going to, those little things are going to matter. So you have Acrid, who's poison and melee. Then you have Artificer, who is pretty much the mage 
of the group. They have Firebolt, a Plasma Bolt, which is like electricity. You have a utility for Snap Freeze, which is like a frozen ability, which I shouldn't mention. Accurate also has the abil different abilities. One is like a leap. One, you shoot acid out. So they each have, excuse me, they each get a passive skill. Then they have a primary ability, a secondary ability, and a utility, and a special. So they each have four abilities. And the cool thing is that when you unlock someone, they will, I'm pretty sure almost all of them have another like secondary ability you can choose. So you can mix match whichever ones you want and customize each hero or survivor, sorry, to whatever playstyle you pretty much want. So it's another thing that there's a lot of like customized options. Next we have Bandit, who was the newest, I believe is the newest, the most newest one. Is it Bandit or Captain? I'm pretty sure it's Bandit, because I think Captain came before Bandit. And he is a gunslinger, and he does most of his damage based on crits. So he has all, a lot of his kit is about like dashing around, turning invisible, and then getting behind the enemy. And I believe it's like every time you're behind the enemy, it's an automatic crit. Then, like I said, you have Captain, who has, I think, one of the probably strongest freaking passives is the freaking defensive microbots that will destroy like any projectile coming to you it's it's honestly amazing and it seems like really freaking powerful op to be honest with you but i think he's a little lackluster in his like little shotgun that his primary attack is and I don't know. I just don't think it's that good. I'm, I'm terrible with him, so I don't really play him that much. His utility is pretty cool because you can call down little like rockets to either heal, deal damage over time, or even unlock chests for free. There's one other one that I'm forgetting, but like I said, I don't play him too much, so I don't know all that around. Then you have good old Commando, who is the first survivor you'll have, and the only survival you'll pretty much have access to because you have to actually unlock everyone. So one thing I guess I didn't really mention when I keep saying unlocked is that for everything in this game, you have to unlock it. You don't start out, you start out literally with nothing but commando and you go and you find items and that will give you the ability to, I guess, find them more, and then you unlock stuff. So one of the ones is, I believe it's dying three or five times, and you unlock the teddy bear, which will give you a chance to block incoming damage. And then you do other things, whether it's for Commando specifically to unlock his other skills, like as I mentioned, or there's certain things where... You have to go 30 stages. I think there's one if you go 30 stages without a lunar item and you unlock something, I forget what it is. So even the items themselves, you have to do like quests, quote unquote, to unlock it. So this has a lot of potential to replay over and over again. And like I said, there's a lot of times where it was endless. You just constantly loop back and just keep doing the levels which I'll get a little more into right after the survivors is I'm going into the levels, So I'll talk about that a little bit more in just a little bit. But like Commando, he's kind of like your basic guy. He is like your standard, I guess, what what's it called? The type of shooter that just tracks. Oh my God. He's, he's actually not that bad. He's typically average. So if you ever look at like class tiers, he's typically almost like always in the middle. It definitely depends on how you play. But again, 
they're they balance this game pretty well that it doesn't really matter what character you get it's more about the items which um, once again that's something i'll get into a little bit later so next we have my little favorite guy engineer and the reason why i like him is because of basically his main thing which is turrets you can set sta stationary turrets or if you unlock it you can get mobile turrets he also has some spider mines and then an ability that creates like a bubble shield that can block all incoming damage the reason why i like him is a lot of times there's a, a item that in the community is completely useless which is called the fungus and is it just fungus or healing fungus because basically what happens is you stand still for a second i believe it's a second and a healing aurora will come around you and heal you up but if you ever played this game one of the number one rule of risk of rain is never stop moving and so this is completely useless on anyone other than engineer and engineer only gets it as if you have the stationary turrets because your turrets inherit all of your items so if you have the fungus then you can set your turret down and it will have the ring and the more fungus you have the bigger the radius and the higher the healing is so like originally it will start out with like 3 hp per second then you get up to like 15 or 20 and then all of a sudden you're getting healed by like 300 health per second or so that's not the exact numbers but you get the idea and then how big of a radius it is you can if i know one time we tested it out and well there's an artifact which is something i'll <laughs> talk about a little bit artifacts can alter your game and one of them is called command artifact which Generally, you never play with this. Well, you can play with it if you want, but like if if you use it, there's no challenge. It's more for having fun, doing some meme builds and stuff like that. Well, one of the things I did was try to collect as much fungus as I could, and I got to a point where I literally would have my two turrets would cover the entire map. So as soon as I put it down, any one of my teammates touched the ground, they were getting healed. It was fantastic. So next... On our list, we have the Huntress, which is probably my second most played one. Very squishy is more the glass cannon survivor. And, well, maybe Artificer. But I think Huntress, if I'm not mistaken, has the lowest health of all the survivors. One thing that's cool is her auto attacks never miss. They're always homing. So if you're bad at aiming, like yours truly, this could be really helpful. And then she has just other things that her ability is like a glaive that ricochets off people, a blink ability for movement, which is really nice. And then her ultimate, which she, if you get the alternate form, one is rain down arrows, which is your basic form in the AOE. But if you can get the unlock, which is the one I mostly use, is the ballista that can shoot three like powerful bullets. Then we have Loader, which is probably typically always high on the tier list. It's another melee one, but it does so much damage. Not to mention your passive that you're immune to fall damage. And then striking, like hitting people, you gain an extra barrier that is 5% of your max health, I think. Or like damage. I forget how it is. But you have one ability, you have like a one ability that's like a zip line that can help you move around. So one, you have freaking mobility up the ass. Then you have also a ability that you can do like a charge punch and then you go through enemies. So you don't always have to just hit them. You'll end up going through. So one of the reasons why it's always high tier is because it has so much mobility. It has damage and then it has defense because that damage of no fall damage actually comes into play quite a bit. It is honestly insane. Next, we have Mercenary, who is a, another melee character and is actually one of my roommate's favorite survivors to play. 
he's cool. He uses a sword and a lot of his thing is basically based on that. He has quite a bit of movement too. A lot of his abilities is to like blink dash and then one of I believe it's his ultimate. He actually becomes untargetable for like two seconds and is constantly doing damage. So if you think think of it if you ever played league of legends or if you know league of legends you probably know the character named Yi. his little alpha strike that he disappears and constantly does damage basically what mercenary does he's also a pretty beefy boy too so if you need someone he's that wants to deal damage but also have that extra health he's an excellent character survivor to go for then we have multi which is probably my third one I primarily play, probably Engineer, and then it's probably, well, I've been playing Huntress a little bit more. Originally, it was Multi, then Huntress, and then Accurate are pretty much the survivors I play. Multi is the tankiest boy of them all. He is a robot. He has very little to, like, no mobility, though, which is kind of the offset to his tankiness, but you can still have a lot of fun with him. He has different abilities that help him. He had his like alternative is a grenade, his mobility. He like transforms into a little box and gets speed bursts. So he can work, but the only thing is if you hit an enemy, you stop. You deal damage, but you stop. The one thing that separates Multi from all the other survivors is that you can actually hold two equipments. Now, equipments are something that helps you the survivor out whether it's deal damage health defensive utility each survivor can only have one of these but multi can have two based on his ability to swap alternating fires and it's a little hard to explain but if you guys play him you'll see a difference in his primary fire he actually has four different ways he can fire and you can swap between two of them and when you swap between two that's how he can have two different equipments so you'll have one and then you can swap to one so if you use it and it's on cooldown you can swap to the other one so that's one of the reasons why he's pretty big then finally we have rex rex is someone who uses is a range attack fighter and he uses his health to deal damage excuse me with his abilities but almost all his abilities unless you use like the alternate ones you unlock i'm pretty sure all his abilities give him back health so it's like a, a mix you have to be very careful on what you use because you could really put yourself in a bad situation because like some of it will say oh uses 30 percent of your max hp 50 percent of your max hp but then you get so much health back that if you are equipped right by the later stages, that doesn't even matter at all because you're gaining back so much health than you are losing that you literally don't know the difference. But he can be a bit tougher for early players. So those are the, what is it? Two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven 11 survivors. I'm unsure if they are planning on more. I hope they are, but I don't know as of lately i haven't been up to date with my risk of rain 2 news but i'm i feel like they wouldn't stop adding new survivors so next we have the different worlds so in risk of rain 2 the way it is played is that you start in what's called stage one and then you have to activate a teleporter and when you activate the teleporter, you go on to the next stage. And then originally when this game first came out, you would do this endlessly. And you just keep going to stage, stage. There was no end. But now at this game, much like Minecraft, how they created that end. Now after stage five, you can go to a teleporter that teleports you to the moon to where you can fight the final boss or you can also if i'm not mistaken there's another teleporter on there i usually just go through 
Also on stage five, there's a way to activate the artifacts, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But you could activate that, and then when you go through that portal, you'll be presented back to... It will call stage six, but it's basically repeating stage one and going over again. So there's stage one, two, three, four, five, and then you repeat six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then until you get to ten, you won't be able to challenge... Mithrix, which is the last boss again and each stage you can play on like one to two levels stage one i believe it is distant roost and then titanic planes that you can play on both of them are like the early stages and it's kind of hard to explain the areas but you basically can have two different worlds you can spawn in the second one is abandoned aqueducts or do 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 wetlands aspect which i hate wetlands aspect so many freaking jellyfish that like to explode and kill you it is awful then for the third one you have rally point delta or scorch acres for stage four it gets a little confusing because i believe it has three which is abyssal depths sirens call or sundred grove or maybe it's just Abyssal Depths and Sirens Call, and then Stage 5 is either Sky Meadow and Southern Grove. I think that's what it is. And either way, there's quite a bit that it will change based on like every game you play. You could start on a different one, get a different combination. So there's so much more to explore than you think. And so every time you start the game, you'll have a different experience each time because you don't know what level you're going to get next. It can be completely different. That's one of the, I guess, quirks or unique things about this. But there is one thing that you can find on these levels, which is called a blue, which you can find naturally, which will be like a little blue orb by the teleporter that will give you to a blue portal or you can find what's called the lunar oh what is it it's not there is it lunar temple some something you can pay lunar coins which is just a drop you find and you go to what's called a hidden realm the bazaar between time which is what you unlocked if you get to the blue portal, which is the only place you can buy lunar items. And here you can also, a lot of times, it will give you the choice if you go into like stage three or if you're on stage seven, going to stage eight, whatever it corresponds to that's basically between stage one and five. One of those two levels you can pick and be like, oh, I actually want to go to Abyssal Depths. So I'm going to pay my three coins to go to abyssal depths so even with the regular ones there are what's called the hidden realms that i kind of mentioned with the bizarre between times i realized when i said that you guys probably don't know what that means if you haven't played it the hidden realms are exactly what they are they're hidden things that you acquire outside of the main core stages the bizarre between time is what you unlocked with the blue portal, just like how it's kind of called the bazaar, it's like a merchant area. Like I said, you could buy Luna items. There's one called Shape Glass that reduces your health by 50, but doubles your damage. So it's a thing a lot of people go for. There's You could also find a gold temple that you need to unlock. There will be shrines out there that you play to get the gold temple, which gets you to the Gilded Coast. Which, if you manage to defeat this, you get a drop that will... You have to fight a boss that's called Irulia Knight. Who's like this big stone golem that's golden and has a sword. And he's pretty beefy and strong. So be prepared if you're trying to fight him. But if you do beat him, you get a item that every time you start a teleport event, he will fight for you until the teleport event is done. So it's also a nice thing to do. Next, we have the void fill fields, which you have to access through the blue portal to get to the bazaar, which if you go fall to the bottom, there's actually what's called a null portal. 
And here you will constantly take damage. So do not underestimate this zone. You need some sort of healing in order to get here and preferably some a lot of mobility if you can. Either like equipment that like the wings that help you fly or just have characters who are very mobile or maybe an engineer that has some fungus that can heal you because when you go here you will constantly be taking damage until you have to activate these nine little flower things. I forget what they're called and... They're basically nine mini teleporter zones that you have to do. And when you're in these zones, you don't take damage, but you'll have enemies coming at you constantly. And it gets harder every time you do it. So you start out with the first one, and then you have to do nine. But if you do manage to beat this, you get a free legendary item. So it's kind of like high risk, high reward type deal. Then you have the Bullock of Ambry. Which, remember all those artifacts I keep mentioning about? This is where you come to unlock them. So when you get to the fifth stage, Sky Meadow, there's a place you can input commands. And you can actually find these commands all throughout the world to know what artifact this is. Or you can be like me with the internet nowadays. You can just look up what each artifact does. Now, there's... Plenty of artifacts that you can go and do. Like I mentioned the before, the artifact of command from Risk of Rain that allows you to choose whatever items you want from the drops, which, like I said, it kind of defeats the purpose of Risk of Rain because it's all kind of about the RNG and try to get proc trains based on what new like what items there are and kind of that's sort of the whole point of risk rain too like i mentioned it's a very rng base and this just kind of takes it all out but it's also fun to like build around and make mean builds or to test out new items to their limits to see if it's good to like have 10 guillotines or if it's better to only have three and then work on other ones like don't prioritize guillotines and then there's other artifacts like artifact of chaos friendly fire is enabled for both survivors and monsters alike so monsters will actually hurt other monsters with like aoe damage but they also can be said to you if you accidentally shoot an ability at your teammate you do it artifact of death when one player dies everyone dies enable only if you want to truly part your teamwork and individual skill to the ultimate test so I think I also forgot to mention you play solo or up to four other people can play with you. Then you have Artifact of Dissonance. Monsters can appear outside their, us uh, their usual environments. So for the most part, each type of monster can only spawn at certain levels or certain stages. And this just makes it so normally people like in the Aqueducts or Scorch Acres... No. Yeah. There can be clay templars, but if you do this in Titanic Plains, the very first stage, you can meet these guys who are pretty strong, so you don't really want to do that, but I mean, hey, you can also beef up your game. You have Artifact of Enigma, spawn with a random equipment that changes every time it's activated. I played this with a couple times, and honestly, it's actually pretty fun. I don't think it's that strong, though, again, you can say having an art an equipment with you is pretty strong if you are a pretty veteran of Risk of Rain 2. So it kind of goes with a grain of salt based on your thought process if you think it's OP or not. But like you could also get a bad equipment so you would not really benefit from most but you can always just use it right away and then the cooldown will start and you get to the next one. Like I said, up to you. you have Artifact of Evolution. Monsters gain items between stages. So now not only you get items, but the monster gets items. Which also, if you go to the Null Portal, the the monsters will have items as well. It is a very cruel area. That's why I say it's high risk, high reward. Artifact of Frailty. Full damage is double and lethal. So what that means is before this, 
If you fall off the edge of the map, you will take quite a bit of damage, but you can't die from it. Even if you have 1 HP, you fall off the edge, you'll still have 1 HP. But now this will kill you. It will do whatever damage it's supposed to do, and if it brings you down to zero, you will die. You have Artifact of Glass. Allies deal 500% damage, but have 10% health. So it's kind of almost if you want to try speedrunning this, it's another high risk, high reward thing. You deal so much damage, but you have so little health. So be wary. Artifact of Honor. Enemies can only spawn as elites. So what this is, there's a variant of each monster called an elite that will have like different elemental properties. Like a Glacier one will have the Glacier properties, which will slow you down. Blaze will burn you and you'll deal constant damage there's macolite which is i believe the strongest one that will stop all healing effects so it's very dangerous especially later on there's one that turns people invisible so now this will be like oh you only get elites now no normal ones there's artifact of kin monsters will be only one type per stage so normally, like in the first level, you'll get what's called Lemarians, which are like these lizard people, and then beetles that will and wisp that will attack you. So now Artifact of Kin will be like, oh, you only get beetles now. So that's what it basically means. Artifact of Metamorphosis. Players always spawn as a random survivor. So that means technically in the game, whenever you teleport, you spawn in. So after every stage you complete and you spawn, you will change. But that also includes going through portals. So if you go through a blue portal, you will change. But then you have to go through it back to get to the next stage. So you will change again. So artifact of metamorphosis, if you this could be challenging and then it could also be rewarding based on your items and what person you get. So it's another fun one you can mess around with. Artifact of Sacrifice. Monsters drop items on death, but chests no longer spawn. So chests are things you collect when you defeat monsters, you get coins, you unlock the chest, and that's how you get the items. And the items are used to create like the proc chains and all this stuff, and that's what gives you your items to deal damage and everything. So Artifact of Sacrifice is like, okay, you don't have to worry about chests now. You just kill monsters and there's a small chance it can drop based on how strong the monster is. And you have Artifact of Soul. Wisps emerges from defeated monsters. Pretty self-explanatory. You kill a monster. Wisps, now you have, I think it's like four wisps now. Artifact of Spite. Enemies drop multiple exploding bombs on death. Pretty sure that's self-explanatory too. <laughs> Artifact of Swarm. Monster spawns are doubled, but monsters' maximum health is halved. So you get more people, but they have less health, which can still be very terrifying. And this includes teleporter monsters, because they will get two now automatically. So you gotta be careful. Artifact of Vengeance. Your relentless doppelganger will invade every 10 minutes. And it really is a doppelganger. It will have every item you have. And will invade you every 10 minutes. So another tricky one to do. Those were all the artifacts. And there is way too many items to list. But you have to just be careful of like all the ones you have. There's different rarities. There's gray or I guess it's white which is common. Green, uncommon. Then you have red, which is legendary. There's no rare. There is yellow items, which are boss items that you typically get from defeating certain bosses that each one will have. There's blue, which are the lunar items or equipment, because they can be equipment. And like I said, orange is equipment, which you can only have one of each per survivor, unless you're the oh my god i forgot <laughs> unless you're multi i it was something t and i was like what why couldn't i remember that unless you multi that you can have two so with all those so now you have survivors you know the environment and you know a little bit about the monsters well i, 
I guess I didn't really talk too much about the monsters. So there's different monsters like the Wisp that float in the air that constantly shoot you. Beetles, Lemurians, Elder Lemurians, Jellyfish. There, honestly, there's just so many. But you have your regular enemies. How I mentioned, you have elite enemies that have different properties to them. And then, as I kind of was talking about the items, you have the boss monsters which are teleport teleporter bosses so when you go in the when you go in the level you have a teleporter to get to the next stage in order to do that you need to defeat a boss and charge the teleporter to 100% which you charge by staying in that little zone it gives you and this boss there's beetle queens clay dune striders Grandparent, Grove Tender, Imp Overlord, Magma Worm, Overloading Worm, Scavenger, Solo, Solus, Control Unit, Stone Titan, and Wandering Vagrant. I know if you never play this, all these names are completely over your head, but there's just so much in this game that I don't actually have that much to explain. I've been kind of going in different order. I've been doing it as if you like just spawned in so when you first see it you would have saw the survivors so that's kind of the way i've been doing this then the environmental which is the world you would have been in and then now kind of the monsters and items if you're kind of wondering why i'm going in this order and as we're doing this like i mentioned the whole point of the game is you go into these different stages by finding the teleporter and beating the teleporter boss getting it to 100% and you go to the different stages. The one thing you also have to remember in this game is that you are basically being timed. And what I mean by that is the longer you go, the harder the mission is. It's not really based on what stage. The stage dictates basically what monsters are going to spawn. Yes, at the later stages, you could potentially... You could argue that they are stronger monsters, but there are a few strong monsters in the early stages. But then once you go through like your second, third loop, if you go, you'll find monsters all over. And they're going to be exponentially stronger than they are in the first stage. So if you spend 10 minutes on the first stage, you'll notice that difficulty bar goes from like easy, medium, hard, all the way... I think it might go like very hard all the way till it goes ha 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 and just constantly you just see A-H-A-H. So the longer you go, the stronger they get because in the system, it goes based on how long you've been, how many survivors there are. So if there are four people, it will be tougher stage one than you are if you're solo. So it also multiplies based on your like, how many people are playing with you as well and the longer you go the longer or the stronger the enemies get so that's why when i say it was basically endless it pretty much you could go on and on and on forever but i'm pretty sure this is coined in the community what's called a god run is when you get so many items you proc other items that Once you kill one person, you basically will kill all the other monsters on the screen. Or like you have to do little to no effort to kill everyone and you defeat teleporter bosses within two seconds. Which may seem surprising if you've never played the game, but it can be done. And pretty much what happens then is either you go, you fight Mithrix, beat him, and that's the end of the game. Or before Mithrix came, there was a thing you would go to and it's another hidden realm called a moment fractured where you go and obliterate yourself, which literally means you kill yourself. But when you do this, you unlock the color scheme variant, which is equivalent to a skin in this game. And in order to do that, you have to reach stage seven, which is when this becomes available, you'll see a I believe it's called a celestial portal and that's where you go in and beat this and it only appears every seventh stage so stage 7 14 21 28 35 and it keeps going infinitely 
So if you miss it on stage seven and you want to get that skin, you literally have to wait until you get to stage 14 again. If you beat the boss, it doesn't matter. You have to obliterate yourself at this obelisk in order to complete it. And then also a little hidden hidden realm from that is if you go again to the bazaar and you bought an item called beads of fertility i believe it's called and you go back to a moment fractured the celestial portal when you go you'll actually go to again another hidden realm within a hidden realm called a moment hole and that is like this complete white space and you'll have to fight a boss type monster called a scavenger and scavenger can actually use items it picks up hence why it's called scavenger and you have to defeat him in order to claim your prize if you haven't already obliterated yourself and you do this you have to beat him in order to consider it completed for your challenge if you die during this stage you don't get that skin but it, basically, if you beat him, you get 10 Lunar Coins. That's pretty much the only reason why you go here, is to get the Lunar Coins. So Lunar Coins are dropped from monsters. You don't find them in chests like all the other items. They're just randomly dropped in monsters that... And after you play a few rounds a few times, you will have them like stacked up. And then you could probably go to the bazaar to find the items and stuff. You won't have very much the first time playing it, so don't get too like invested in trying to get there. And also, one thing about this game that kind of gives you that endless, endless play time of doing it is that your first time playing, you will probably do bad. I that's just kind of straight up fact because you will only have commando, you won't have access to any of his other abilities. And you won't really have items unlocked that can help you out because you haven't unlocked them from either just completing stages, from dying, from doing all other random kind of nonsense that you never know. Like, oh, you have to kill five enemies while you were in the air to get this. Some of them you don't even realize you get, but you end up getting. So when you start out brand new, you have no items. And the whole premise of this game is that they want you to die repeatedly, to get stronger, to use your knowledge from your previous runs in order to get better. If you even watch the trailer for this game, it shows like attempt one, he dies like immediately. And it's not until like attempt six that he gets farther and then he dies. And then it's like up until attempt 24, he gets past it and then that's really what this game is about is dying learning improving and so on and so forth not to mention there's a lot of other stuff in here that i didn't get to talk about too much for instance like in the world like i said you have the artifacts that can alter the whole game scenario but in the world there's chests that you get items with there's also shrines there's I believe it's called Shrine of Chance that you can or typically start out lower than a chest. Like say a chest is 25 gold. Shrine of Chance could be 15 gold, but it's exactly what it says. It's a Shrine of Chance. You could pay it and get nothing. I think there's actually an item you have to unlock by doing it two or three times in a row and getting nothing to unlock it. So if that tells you anything, there's that. There's also the Blood Shrine get the blood to get money it starts out with 50 percent of your health and you get a big chunk of change then you can get 70 percent of your health and even more chunk of change and then lastly 90 percent of your health and you get a huge sum of money but you got to be careful because obviously if you do that 90 percent you're pretty much gonna die if you get hit by almost anything <laughs> so there's those shrine oh and then there's the shrine of order if any of you guys know that, whoo, that one's a doozy. That can literally ruin your entire run. So with the with the Shrine of Order, you know what? No, I'm not even going to tell you what the Shrine of Order does. If you're new and you play it, please try the Shrine of Order at least once. It can be extremely powerful or your worst nightmare. That's all I will say. But please 
try it once for yourself. It's something you just have to experience. Alters, that's what they're called. Alters is the other thing you can find that brings that blue portal. It's called the Newt Alter that you have to pay, I believe it's one Luna coin, and you automatically get a blue portal. The blue portal can show up by chance, but you only have a 25% chance of it spawning. And then once it spawns, you have a 25% chance of a 25%. Like it exponentially goes down. So I believe it goes from 25% chance basically to like 12% chance of naturally spawning. If it does, it goes down. It keeps going down and down. So eventually you'll have to find these new altars in order to get like into the blue portal. One other thing that I almost forgot that you can find are drones. Drones aren't really that powerful. They can help you early on, and I've used them quite a bit on numerous runs I have, and there's a variety of them. You have different ones, like a missile drone that will just constantly, or if it's just called like an attack drone, that will constantly hit other people and will fly around with you. Missile drones that are slow, to fire but can hit pretty powerful flamethrower ones and all these drones will follow you there's healing drones too that will heal you and i think those actually can go and heal your allies too so they could be around you but if they're healing another person they could be doing that too there is a huge one called like this tc 180 which is a beefy little like almost helicopter that follows you around and it's actually pretty freaking strong and then there's a there's one like a ground turret that will always be stationary and won't move but the good news is if you do have them and then like you spawn to the next stage it will be randomly spawned somewhere so it doesn't go away but like i said it's stationary so it doesn't follow you and not to mention there's actually quite a bit of lore in this game it's mostly based on like the different, like each item has its own item information that you can find in screen and like look into and all that stuff. And then the maps themselves have some lore to them. The monsters have some lore to them. Excuse me. Not to mention this game keeps like statistics of everything. Like how many items, how many teddy bears have you had? How many have you had most at once? How many times have you died to a pathetic beetle? How many have you died to the overloading worm? How many have you killed? It keeps statistics of nearly everything in this game. So it's another thing that you can do to have fun. And it was also my first platinum game. So I don't know if that really tells you much. But at the time, I'm not going to say it wasn't hard to get. But it it was semi-easy to unlock, to be honest with you. So I can't really... I, I don't know if I should take pride in that this was my first Platinum game. And by that, for anyone who doesn't play on uh, PS4, it's just the... You get a Platinum trophy when you complete all the achievements in the game. So I unlocked everything this game has to offer at the time. I think there's a few things. Like when the the bandit, I don't think I have everything unlocked for the bandit because I haven't really played that much since these came out and I'm just not good with him. Same with the captain. So there are more things I need to unlock again, but that's pretty much it. This game has a lot of replayability basically because of the RNG. You never know what items you're going to get. There's just so much to explore, and honestly, it's best if you just do it yourself. I mostly was just talking about the environments, the survivors, and some of the things you find on there. It wasn't too much about the gameplay, because the gameplay is honestly rather simple. You find items, you kill the mobs, and you go to the next stage. It's really that much. The one thing I will say that I couldn't you can make like a whole episode is is all about how you calculate damage in the items there's so much math that goes into it of total damage your attack damage are different 
the what are people will say proc chains what proc chains are proc chains to simply put is one item will affect another so like a lot of items will say for instance there's a thing called a sticky bomb you have a what is it oh i'm gonna fudge the numbers but let's say 15 percent chance of a sticky bomb going on based on your hit well if a sticky bomb goes off that could prop one of your atg missiles which is another item that will prompt based on damage or based on your attack so even though you may not hit them or you stopped firing at them with your primary fire that attack still goes off and can proc your atg missile which if it does too much damage it can proc something else and that's what it means by proc change you want items that proc off each other and what items are best for what character and whatever there's plenty of stuff you can look at and it's honestly all personal preference there is some that will go together with others but like i said before if you have if you unlock the artifact of command it's a great way to practice proc chains you can see like oh does this item go well with these and that way if you play like a real game and you have the option between like these two items you can be like oh i got this so now this will actually work together with this and you can set up those proc chains because you need those proc chains to eventually do your damage because they will scale off each other and that's how you get to the later rounds your eventually your just standard attack or your abilities won't actually do that much damage it's all based on your items so that's why rng plays a huge favor in this and even skilled players can still die in the early stages like stage three or four if they get no good items or if they get only healing items only movement items and no attacking and they don't have the power they could dodge everything but they don't have the power and then like i said as time goes on it gets harder and harder and harder so if you're stuck on stage three when it's already been like 30 or 40 minutes you're pretty much screwed for the next stage because when you get to that next stage all these stronger monsters are going to instantly appear and then you're most likely going to die so there's just a lot of rng that's focused on this and it's just a really fun game to replay over and over again. And like I said, even in the trailer, you're going to fail a lot early on to unlock things. But stick with it because once you finally start to unlock all those things, the game will get a lot more fun. You just kind of have to stick with it. I don't say it's necessarily grindy because honestly, I locked, I unlocked almost everything without actually trying. There were a few things you have to... like specifically look for like in the aqueduct area i won't tell you how you should find that out for yourself but there's a little area you can unlock and you have to fight these lizards and that's how you unlock the inferno ring runald's runald's ring and i forget basically a fire and ice ring and in order to proc those you have to unlock this area within this map so like some things you kind of have to look into to see how to unlock certain things i mean it will for the most part it kind of tells you in the the menu if you look at the items so there are a few things you will have to try and do especially if it's like to unlock abilities for different survivors but for the most part you unlock pretty much all the necessary items to make proc chains to go farther just naturally playing the game so it's a lot of fun and I think you guys should definitely try it. It's one of my favorite games to always come back to and play some. So that will be pretty much it for me today. My question of the day is going to be, who is your favorite survivor and why? Like I said, I like engineer. I like the whole placing turrets and strategic locations. And it, I think it's just kind of fun to get a whole bunch of fungus and have this like healing circle. I Pretty much when I do that, I'm playing like a support role, like a support character for my friends, but I still have a lot of fun with it. If I want to go damage, I do do Huntress. I've been playing a lot more Huntress because Engineer kind of does lack a little bit in attack power, but a lot of survivability. So that's mine. And like I said before, I've, I've been your host 
and I'm here by myself due to kind of, like I said, our schedules just haven't been matching up lately, and I didn't want you guys to go too long without an episode, so I really hope you enjoy this episode. Sorry if it's not up to standards to our other one for me just talking all your ear off, but I hope you guys enjoyed this nonetheless. And as always, you can follow us at WeSpawn on Instagram, Twitter, and don't forget to support us at patreon.com slash WeSpawn. And if you have anything to talk to us business-wise, you can contact us at WeSpawn at gmail.com. Or if you have a suggestion for what you topic you want us to talk about, email us or comment us, leave a five-star rating, all that fun jazz. I've been your host, Bobby, and I will see you guys next time when I weep spawn.